Hello, Parkcat basketball fans. Welcome to another edition of the Golden Breakdown. I'm your host, Adam Woke. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at the Golden Break. We are very lucky here to have Travis Diener come on the show as many times as he has. We want to thank you, Travis. We always appreciate you coming on, uh, especially after a really gut-wrenching game like this. Uh, His perspective, I think, is important for all of us as Marquette fans as we continue to dive into this team. So let's kick it over to Travis. All right, we're here with Travis Diener coming off uh, a, a tough Creighton game. Uh, Travis, I want to start with with something a little uh, different than maybe just the game itself. You know, it was really cool to see uh, the families there in the stands tonight. Uh, I know it's something you talked about, how important it was for you as a player. How did it feel to, to kind of see that for these kids tonight? I think it was, it was very important. I think, you know, for me personally, you know, my parents, I don't think missed the game I played in college, home or away. So to have that support and to, for them to have – you know, some familiar faces in the crowd, I think is beneficial for everybody. And it's, it's important that we get, you know, not only family and friends back, but the fans, you know, back in these buildings so they can have this, you know, full college basketball experience because that's kind of what makes it is, you know, going into, for me, it was the Bradley Center and Alice Pfizer for these kids to experience, you know, 16, 17, 18,000 people. So uh, it's one step, but I think it's a huge step. And I think the kids probably, enjoyed it as much as anyone so first half of this game I actually thought the D came out and played well I mean when it was really the offensive rebounds you give up 13 second chance points in the first half you know that's really going to kill you I thought you know I went back and looked at my notes from the last game and and one of the ways we beat Creighton in the second half is we got a little tight tighter off the ball covering guys and I thought tonight we did a good job of mixing up our coverages on ball screens we were switching sometimes we were blitzing uh and and sometimes we were coming over the top what is mixing coverages on a screen and roll do to disrupt an offense well I think throwing you know different looks at you know especially a you know an all-american type point guard is is important uh and you know this year we haven't been the greatest defensive team. So I think mixing up, changing defenses to give, you know, creating a different look than the same stuff, you know, we have been doing. So I think it worked initially. I think changing defenses like that is, is important. It will be the rest of the year just to give teams a different look. So they're not getting comfortable and in, in attacking the same coverage each time down the court. So let's talk about the second chance points. Cause I thought that's what really killed him at least in the first half of this game. And, you know, and I get not having Lewis, right. I, I get that that hurts the rebound, but a lot of these three uh, rebounds that they were giving up were, were deep rebounds because Creighton was shooting threes. When you know you're playing a team like that, is there a way that you can game plan to help secure those long rebounds? Well, I think, it, I think a lot of that is just, First off, it's a mentality that when the ball goes up, you're going to try to find someone, try to hit somebody. And with long shots, you know, the, the theory is it's going to be a long rebound. So your guards got to get in there and rebound. And, you know, that's where the guards, you know, Kobe, DJ, Greg, Samir, those guys have to come up with three, four rebounds in a game like this because that's, you know, ultimately where the ball is going to is going to land is going to be long. So. Uh, I think that's pro- probably was a point of emphasis to the guards is, you know, you guys, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to 
get in transition with your point guard or your guard already having the balls. Yeah, and that's a good point. You know, Kobe had six so rebounds. So, you know, that's Kobe rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think with the guards, you're right. You know, the, the guards having to kind of step up. We saw we had six rebounds from Kobe tonight, but really only one from DJ, uh, none from Torrance, none from Perez. I think that was a little tough in the first half. Uh, but let's talk offensively. You know, before I sort of give my thoughts, I was sort of curious, what did you see from this team offensively tonight? Well, I think I think the team is best offensively when when DJ kind of just plays. And I'm not saying he doesn't have the freedom, but when he has freedom to kind of, you know, probe the defense and, and be aggressive. And sometimes he, that falls on him. He's not as ag aggressive as he needs to be. And then you'll see these spurts, especially in the last 10 minutes of tonight, where, you know, he's a, just a different player. And he's got to have that mindset from, you know, the jump ball that I'm going to be aggressive. Because when he's playing downhill, when he's aggressive, it gives everyone else, you know, open opportunities it gives himself you know a lot of opportunities to score the basketball so I think that's you know in a, for a team that doesn't shoot the ball great you know we need DJ to be really aggressive and then those other guys can kind of feed off that I, I had a question written about that about DJ specifically because all year right there's these two different DJ cartons like he just has these moments where you're like oh my god what an athlete he could take anybody off the dribble his step back, and then he has a lot of passive possessions. <clears throat> is that, do you think that's the, the player, him still kind of struggling identity, or do you think that's how Woj wants him to play in the offensive system? What are you seeing out of like, help us understand that? No, I think it's more of, of, of a personality uh, trait with DJ. I think, you know, if, if you've watched years in past, and even this year, you know, Wojo gives extreme freedom to these guys to kind of, you know, play basketball, especially, you know, express themselves on the offensive end. So I think it's on DJ just to come out and, and just be more aggressive. And, you know, he's played maybe a full season now, total of college basketball. So I think, you know, you, you, with experience, he'll become more aggressive and learn how to pick his spots better and maybe be uh, aggressive at all times. And that necessarily doesn't mean you have to shoot 20 times as a point guard. It's it's probing the defense. It's getting in the lane. It's kicking it out. It's it's just being aggressive at all times. So I think with more game reps, with more experience, he'll become that way. It kind of seems to me that when Marquette gets down or, uh, you know, towards the end of games is when he starts to kind of turn it on. I think you need that, you know, from the very beginning. Yeah. Let's talk about that consistent aggression from Marquette because, you know, one thing – I feel like I always hear in a Woj post-conference or even something that I harp a lot about in the pod, on the pod is not the not being able to play for 40 minutes. You know, when you look at the way we closed out that first half, Creighton went on a 13-2 run. We come out in the beginning of the second half and Creighton was by far the aggressor. We were clanking threes. They were getting out in trans. For me, that, that was the stretch. It was like the end of the first half and maybe like the first eight minutes of the second half where this game really got away from us. You know, what do you think it is that makes it difficult for this team to play 40 minutes? Is it youth? Is it fatigue? Is it effort? Is it focus? Well, I, I would probably think it's a combination of all those. You know, they are young, especially in the key, you know, key positions. And, you know, the, the most talented players on this team are the young guys. DJ's a sophomore. You know, Dawson's a freshman. Obviously, Justin's been 
you know, was very limited today and hasn't played in the last two games, and, and he's a freshman. So I think, you know, that youthfulness, you know, can play out throughout stretches of a 40-minute game. And then obviously maybe, you know, we're not the, the deepest team right now, so the energy and the focus probably can waver from, you know, each media timeout. So I think it's a combination of all those things. It's just, you know, you hate to have excuses, and I never would. But, yeah, obviously there is a lot of youth on this team, and especially with the, you know, with the talent level being – that those are the three best players. You know, speaking of being a little thin over the last three games, we've seen a lot of new rotations coming off the bench for Woj. We've seen Torrance playing more. We saw Perez tonight. We've seen Oso the last few nights. Uh, what do you think of some of these new rotations? What are some combinations, some of these new combinations that you'd like to see more of? Well, I like that, you know, these guys are getting an opportunity to play, I think. You know, with having, you know, a number of guys, you know, on the roster to, to try to try something different. And I thought, you know, changing defenses is, is, is a good thing. And then giving guys an opportunity to see what they have, because, you know, right now, you know, it's, it's been a tough stretch. So to try to get a win, try to see what we have, you know, for the future and see how these guys, you know, react to being thrown into a game against the top, you know, 20 team in the country. So I think it's important to just see for the future of what these guys can do. And obviously injuries have hit, you know, with Lewis and, and tonight, you know, Oso was, was out. So, and, you know, obviously Theo's been banged up all year. So just to see what these guys can do. So, you know, going forward, you know, we know what we have. In the second half, uh, Creighton seemed to make the adjustment to do a better job of protecting the hoop. They were doubling a little bit more aggressively in the post and they were giving us a lot more three-pointers. You know, I, I, I had seen an interview with Nick Saban once where he talked about how he, he, after a game, he sees all his coaches on the computers breaking down a loss. And he goes, hey, you know what? Sometimes you just miss tackles. There's nothing to break down. You know, was tonight, we just missed shots. I mean, in the second half, I, I'm right around, we were around three for 20 in the second half from the arc. Was it just a night where we missed shots? Or do you think we didn't make enough adjustments in the second half to compete? Well, it, it always comes down to, you know, your offense looks a lot prettier when you're making shots. And sometimes there's games even for great shooters that you just don't make shots. Uh, I don't think this is a – the Marquette team's a great shooting team, which, you know, in the years past we've been – if you look at the last five years, Marquette's probably, I would bet, in the top 15 in the country in three-point percentage, three-point makes. So it's a different team this year. It, the personnel's different. And when you're not – you know, great three-point shooters, you're going to have nights where it's it's not going to be pretty from a, a percentage standpoint. And that's where you got to grind it out in different ways. You know, you're missing threes. You got to find a way to get offensive rebounds. And then, you know, you have to you have to play, you know, better man-to-man -man defense or better defense in general so that, you know, when you're not shooting well, you still have a chance. And give Marquette credit. I mean, give the guys credit. It was a one-possession game at the end. Still had a chance to beat a team that is, uh, you know, a top – 20 team in the country so did a lot of things right just didn't finish the game and that's been a, a kind of reoccurring uh, thing throughout this season is the last four or five minutes we just haven't been able to to close the door yeah I definitely don't think that you know we've definitely seen some worse games out of Marquette this year especially over that three game skid a week or two ago you know, this is definitely I thought was one of their better games and one of the things that has plagued this team and is turnovers, you know, and while the turnover number wasn't super high in this game, 
in the second half, they had two five possession stretches where they turned it over three times. They, they, they also, you know, sometimes when the turnover numbers aren't high, uh, I think we lose focus that sometimes they have some ones that are just really ill-timed. Um, but it's been a problem all year. We talked to Ben Steele about it, who just wrote an article on it in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and really breaking it down. We turn it over such a variety of different ways. What do you think? I have a theory, but I want to ask you first, what do you think is the root of this turnover problem? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's obviously a, a, a huge issue. You know, because when Marquette does get good shots and doesn't turn the ball over, it's a really, really good offensive team, and the numbers back that up. But when you come down and you have – what you talk about is ill-timed turnovers where you kind of have back-to-back possessions or two out of three possessions where you're turning it over, you know, it gives teams a chance to go on a run. And especially if they're live ball turnovers where they're coming down in transition, it's one thing to turn it over where the ball goes out of bounds or, you know, you can set your defense. There's no – there's no defense for when you you give the ball up and they're coming down on three on two def- or three on two transition break and they get a wide open three or they get a dunk. You know those are the turnovers that really kill. You can live with guys being aggressive and you know having a charge here or a, a mistake here and there because that's going to happen. But when you give opportunities away where the other team, especially a team like Creighton, has uh, the ball in transition, which they're great at, you know that's deadly. So tell me if you think this is off base, you know, when there, there are certain offensive systems that uh, when the ball is on certain parts of the court, you, a player has options. You've got, you know, option a option B top of the key post backer. And if it's not there, you move the ball back over. You talk a lot about Marquette's offensive freedom that Woj gives these guys, especially some of these guards, the ability to kind of freelance a little bit. I think that's what sometimes creates a lot of the turnovers because guys get into positions, I think, where they don't have bailout options. Do you think that is off base? No, no, I don't. I think, you know, what comes with freedom is, you know, players can take advantage of that freedom. And, and like you said, get, get in positions where they're not comfortable, where they get, they get caught too deep in the lane or get, you know, caught in the corner or get double teamed. So, yeah, with, with that freedom, you know, you'd like to have guys that are great decision makers and, and I don't know if, if this team has that, um, you know, I don't know if, you know, to be honest, I don't think even last year, I don't think Marcus was a great, great decision maker as well. But, you know, when you're getting 27 points a game from them, you can live with that. So, you know, with that freedom, you'd hope that these guys would, you know, figure out through practice and then at games, you know, where to go, where not to go, where your angles of attack are, you know, one dribble, one dribble pass for a guy for an open three sometimes the easiest things to do are just one dribble pass and not complicate things. And that's where I think immaturity and youthfulness, you know, not just from, from the Marquette team, but college college players in general, you know, once they start to develop more, you know, understand how to play and and use that freedom to their advantage more often. So, yeah, speaking of that offensive freedom, um, how do you think Marquette can get Dawson Garcia involved more? It seems like he'll go stretches where he scores in bunches and then stretches where he doesn't really touch the ball or get in scoring position for maybe 10, 12 minutes at a time. Um, so the guards have a lot of freedom, but how do you think we can get, you know, Dawson involved more where he's 
consistently touching it more. Well, yeah, and I want to add to that, Travis. I, I, I had a problem with the fact that Perez had more shots and paint touches than Garcia did in the first half. Like, and it's not a thing against Perez. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, this is something that Mike and I have talked a lot about. Like, Garcia seems like if he's not creating his own shot, there's not enough in the system to help him really get going. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part – that's part of the guards, you know, not, not getting him opportunities, getting him easy looks, you know, that's the job as a point guard, as, as, as a two guard to get your guys open shots, to get him going because he is, you know, one of the better players in the team. He's had games and, you know, it's been really inconsistent, which is partly, you know, falls in the player as well. He can be more aggressive. He can find ways to get himself more involved, get, get offensive rebounds, stuff like that, you know, demand the ball in the post, uh, all those things he can do a better job of, but still, you know, that's, that falls on DJ too, as a, as a starting point guard, you know, to find a way to get him shots, to get him involved, you know, and that's, that's something that you guys are right. Like he's had games where he's been incredible and in, in stretches. And then there's games where, you know, he's not taking a lot of shots and, you know, I think that's on everybody to try to get him more involved, but you know, he can't just float around the perimeter and, and just expect to shoot jump shots either. You know, he's got to, you know, I think the offseason will help him get stronger and where he's more comfortable down there because he is, he's got great size. And when he is down there, he can finish. So I think the offseason will be really, really important for him because he probably didn't have much of one this summer coming in. You know, I think that among the fan base, there is some frustration with Woj. Um, you know, sometimes it's warranted. I know there's some things that I get frustrated with, um, you know, and sometimes you know, it's Twitter, right? People are just right. going to have some, some wild takes. What do yep. you think is a healthy view on Woj and where he is at in his career with this Marquette team up until this point? Yeah, you know, you, you try to look at things, uh, you know, a lot of people can be irrational and be really emotional with, with the situation. And you try to look at it more long-term. And, you know, I see, I see, you know, I think, you know, I'm frustrated. I think, I mean, obviously Wojo's frustrated too. I think the players, I think everyone's frustrated. You know, I don't really necessarily, you know, care about the, the seven years without a tournament win. Would it be better if you had, you know, won a, won a game as a 10 seed and won one game? Would that sway the argument one way or another? I, I don't think so. I think it's, you know, you go back and you try to look at trends and, you know, two years ago, the team was, you know, 23 and four and top 10 in the country. So, what has happened from then till now where are we that much worse now than we were back then? And, and, you know, maybe we are, but I think you got to take a, a grand look at everything and just see where, where things are at, what we haven't done well in the last, you know, four or five years, what we are doing well, what can we do to change? Is that, you know, is that something Wojo can, can change or, or not? And obviously those decisions aren't made by me or anybody on Twitter uh, or, or fans in general. So it's, I think everyone's frustrated. You know, you expect, you expect great things at Marquette and we should, um, going into the season, did we think, uh, this was a team that was going to be a, a lock for the NCAA tournament? I don't think anyone did. I think, you know, when you win against Wisconsin early, you beat Creighton early, the expectations maybe got to a point where they were unattainable, but you know, there's still a lot of basketball left. Today was a good op another opportunity that, you know, would have been a great win. But, you know, I think at the end of the year, you got to sit down and really evaluate the, the future of the program and where things are at. And then, 
you know, that will be the decision that, you know, that Bill Scholl will have to make and, and others. But for us, it's kind of, I, I kind of don't try to get too emotional about it all. Yeah, let's uh, thank God that Twitter isn't making decisions for anyone at any time. That's for sure. Travis, thank you as usual for coming on the pod. We really appreciate it. Maybe we can get you on one more time before the tournament. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. On right, the next six. Thank you again to Travis Dina for coming on. We always appreciate your perspective. Um, so this week we've got, I think we got Nova on Wednesday and Seton Hall on Sunday. Um, we're going to do a breakdown of both games uh, on Sunday. Uh, so we'll be off for a little while this week, uh, but we'll do a nice long pod looking at both games, both very important. Uh, we need to continue to try to put together some more wins in the Big East. It just gets tougher and tougher every week. But thank you for tuning in and have.